Strike a Chord, Music Chit Chat with your host, Valentino Gikowski. Welcome to the Strike a Chord podcast, episode number three. My name is Valentino Gikowski, and on this podcast, we have an awesome bass player by the name of Arif Ulsoy. Arif is an awesome bass player, and with him, we have a chat about his approach to rehearsals, gigging, and how he actually became a bass player. Also, a big shout out and a big thank you to Yesteryear Revival and the production team, as well as Cake Eclipse for their support on this podcast. If you like what you hear and what you see, remember to hit the thumbs up and subscribe. Enjoy. All right, welcome to uh, Strike Accord podcast episode number three. And um, I'd like to welcome an awesome bass player and a very, very good friend of mine, Arif Ulsoy. Thanks for coming, man. Thanks, Valentino. Um, um, it's my pleasure. Thank you I, for inviting pleasure's me. Pleasure's all mine, man. Pleasure's all mine. Um, so I guess we, we we start off with you know I think we we met through a mutual friend, Demi yeah. John Demi. Yeah, we did. Um, I'm just trying to think back. It was sort of the lockdown era. It was I late 2020. 2021 or 2020. No, it was late 2020. Was it? And then we rehearsed and we did our. In fact, the gig that we did. Yeah, at the Nightcat was the first gig we all did after lockdown. That's which right. was interesting. That's um, right. That's right. Because we almost didn't make it. Uh, we there was did. a second lockdown after, straight after the straight gig. Straight afterwards, yeah. yeah. That's right. I remember the people were dancing with masks on and then they threw them off. Yes. Yeah, no, it was uh, a <laughs> good um, You know, we look back upon that stuff one day and, you know, almost laugh about it, but it, people were taking it very seriously It, it, it was then. very serious. Yeah. But we also the band very seriously because we, um, it didn't take us long to actually gel no, and get together. You know? No, and it was, I think from memory, we were about sort of seven, eight, nine people in the end. Something like that. So to put together an orchestra of that size in a short period and make it work, it takes a lot of effort. It does. And, and, and also I want to point out, they were all originals, right? They were. So yeah, it was um, all, you know... It was kind of groundbreaking because, well, in the community, so my background is Turkish Cypriot. Yeah. Uh, in the Turkish Cypriot or even Turkish community, I don't think it's been done ever where someone, you know, performed a concert purely with their own original tracks and no covers. So it was a bit groundbreaking. And not only in the Turkish Cypriot community, it's, it's hard in any community, any community to get because yeah. people don't know... The, the, the repertoire that I know the song so it's hard but I think with Arif and I have to mention Arif Denesha here because it's it was his his baby his yes. his songs you know so and, and and he had some really good tunes that sort of like they they yeah, they, the, they caught on straight away you know the so, hook as they call it in the yeah, game yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so quite a few hooks it, in there. it was it was a very good um very good gig and, and I, I enjoyed it I enjoyed the rehearsals I enjoyed the, the gig and you know I, I think we were all um I think straight away we gelled and, and not only as musicians but as people yeah you know I think for me because I you know late well sort of the later part of my life I'd say I'd sort of delve into that kind of spiritual universal thing don't we all don't and we all. for me that was a synchronicity moment okay. because I felt that I kind of already knew everyone and I was meant to be there, yeah. even though it was a surprise phone call and and all of that. You so know what? It was it was for me as well. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I I I felt the exact same thing. So there should, there's something yeah, there. Because right? we went off on a tangent a few times, and there was bouncing off, you know, 
not not only musical vibes, but just vibes in in Correct. general. And yeah. well, I don't know. I hope you've got a, a massive audience of not just musicians, but anyone aspiring to to do anything really in yeah. the arts. Um, sometimes it is about those it those is. vibes, it and is. you know, it's just as important to be working with oh, great people. Definitely. And not just producing a product. I, yeah. I totally agree because with that, those people, you probably won't be able to produce anything. Yeah. And I think I, th I think the, the, the planets lined up there for Arif Direnshan I'm talking about, right? Absolutely. I think they lined up because um, not only did, you know, we, we, we played some really good stuff, but we all we all sort of like got together and, and, and we're all friends. We're not, you know, like friends, we yeah. all met and we all kicked it off straight away. And yeah. by that, you know that it's, magic's going to happen. That's right. And it was kind of like um, well, a very democratic process too because everyone threw in, yeah, you know, a suggestion here and a, a little bits and pieces, you know, and, and there was none of this like shutting down arguments or ideas. Everything was on the table. And, and in the end, was, we came up with something. And that was, that was uh, something that I, I, I saw that was a big positive because in, in big bands like that, you, have, you often get lost in the mix. And now everyone's got an opportunity to to learn something off someone or to put something together or to assemble something or to Absolutely. take things out. And, you know, if, if things didn't work, things didn't work, you know. So we went on to the next thing, you know. And and I think we've, we had a lot of years of experience within that band. Like everyone had a lot of years of experience Absolutely. as musicians. Uh, everyone's been to different corners of, of the music industry and, and come back and – the thing that I liked the most was there was no egos. No. It was down to earth. We were just having fun, play music, and yeah, and, and on top of that, you know, we had the barbecues and everything like that. Oh, so, yeah. and, that and, and that is a very important part because music is not only about playing and then going home or, you know, getting ready for a gig or whatever, and then that's it. It's about relationships that you have. Absolutely. You know? And look, I haven't, I've been playing for a long time, but I haven't necessarily toured a whole lot. Mm. When I say tour, you know, like for me, tour is, you know, when you cross borders, boundaries, <laughs> you know, you go interstate overseas or whatever yeah. it is. I've done a little bit. Yeah. And some of the best experiences of my life have been on tour with Local. people that I love and musicians that I respect. And yeah. that's when you really get to know them. And also... You know, you learn you learn a few tricks on the way too because oh, uh, things go wrong. <laughs> of course, I I remember um, and 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 Demi Demi was saying he goes, man, he goes, come down and, and, and just 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 play. You don't have to be part. Of it. Just come down and play. He goes, you should you should check out the bass player. You know, you, he goes, you you you'll you'll straight away you'll 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 click, and that's how he was yeah, really. Well, you know, and. Demi's like my PR agent, by the way. He's a mutual friend of ours. <laughs> he's a mutual um, friend, a very, very good friend of ours. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, great guy. And if he wasn't a musician, he'd be like the owner of an advertising company oh, or something. Oh, definitely. He's, he's very, very good with, with the marketing stuff. Yeah. But he was saying, oh, man, he plays fretless. And I thought, okay, okay, interesting, you know. So And then when I came, it was like, you click, you know. You, you try to you, – you, you're reserved at what you're doing, you know, because you're going into – you know, a, a band or even 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 with not being music, just part of you know part of everyday life. If you go into a group of people where, you know, they already know each other, you're going in. You're very reserved, you know. But I felt very comfortable. Yeah, likewise. You know? Um, 
I think, well, well, in particular, um, again, I'm using an example. So what we were doing wasn't necessarily, you know, one genre or one style or the other. Mm, that's right. But because there was so many influences. Um, There's a know, lot of spices in, in, yeah, in, 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 in the broth. You had to feel comfortable in order to participate because yeah. if you wanted to, like, be really one directional about it, it wasn't going to work. No. So uh, you're, you you're, you're right. You're spot open on mind. That. You're spot on that. Um, keeping an open mind, I think, with, with everything is very important. Sometimes it's hard to keep an open mind. But I think sometimes you just need to force yourself to say, all right, look, you know what? I'm in this band for a reason. There's a purpose for me to be here. If yes. there's not a purpose for me, I wouldn't be here. So I think I think you're right in saying you have to have an open mind. Just make it your own, you know. And Absolutely. Do what you do and hopefully, I, um, you know, it's it, you know you get the approval from the other band members, you know. Yeah. And there was an interesting one of those memes today that I just saw. It was just funny, but it resonated with me. It was like my musical taste is um, basically everything except the stuff I don't like. <laughs> I like so, that one. Uh, I like that one. You know, like that's that's the thing. You have to. The open mind also involves, and and this is again, I'm I'm kind of trying to give some advice to your listeners or yeah. just just some life experience. One of the comments that I get about myself when I play, and a lot of the people that I know as well, is you know you're versatile. Mm. And that comes from having a very open and broad um, base of, you know, listening and attempting to play different genres and yep. meeting different people, yep. which is very important. And there's very important. There's nothing wrong, like if you're a you know metal guitarist, nothing wrong with listening to jazz or classical That's right. music. Nothing In wrong. fact, it will help your playing. Correct. And um, you know, we need to do more of that. Yep. In you know, because there's a lot of, I wouldn't call it. It's almost like not snobbery or discrimination, but it, there's a lot of sort of tunnel vision in the industry. Yeah. And if you actually want to work more, which is like my personal thing right now, I just want to gig. Like, yeah. you know, not going to become famous at this yeah. age or whatever, but... You're going to be active and, and, yeah, and working. Yeah, active and participate. You have to have a very open mind and you have to attempt to play with, I mean, within reason, of course, yeah. but attempt to play with different people in different genres. Correct. I, I, I agree. And, and I, I think, um, and, and I was a bit narrow-minded when I was starting flamenco when I was younger, but when you're younger, you want to be, yeah. be a rock star, right? Of course. And you want to perfect the art that you're doing. And for that to happen, I think sometimes you need to just stick to that and, you know, so you can learn the fundamentals. For sure. Once you've learned that and once you've, you're confident in what you're doing, yeah, delve into something else. But, I think for a period of time, you, when you're learning something, you need to really be onto that, and 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 that's it. That's that's how I sort of like learned flamenco because obviously I, I can play different genres and stuff yeah. like that. And I grew up like you, listening to everything, right? But for me to actually learn and 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 sort of come to a a standard where you know it was acceptable to play flamenco, it was yes. like I had to nail down and just listen to that, listen, 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 and make. I had days where I didn't want to listen to flamenco and I would just put on you know, Iron Maiden or yeah. someone like that just to, just to you know, because I love that music too. But you're right. You have to be versatile. And, and to be a working musician and especially a bass player like yourself, the yeah. more versatile you are, the more work you're going to get. Yeah, because um, unfortunately in the commercial sense, a lot of the times, the, you know, in the digital age too, mm. 
when there are budget constraints, the first people to get cut out are the bass players and the drummers because, well... Electronically, uh, they yeah, reckon they can that be it can replaced. be replaced. But um, we all know that you can never replace um, an acoustic or a natural or real instrument electronically. Uh, but, you know, if you're a producer, you can. Yeah, you can. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, Adif, I suppose what I wanted to ask you first as well, um, how did you become a bass player? What what well, what was the turning point? I know you're a drummer. Yeah. You, know, yes. you started off as a drummer. Mine was quite uh, quite simple, really. Um, so when I was, I can't even remember how old, but around six, seven, eight years old, I was fascinated with with music, but also at my grandmother's house, there was a turntable, you know, mm. the old pickup with yeah, yeah. the 45s and the 33. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to spin records, just listen to music as a kid. And I'd get, literally get like cardboard boxes and sticks and pretend I was a drummer. But mm. the thing was, and I've been able to do this through my whole life, is reproduce what I hear and feel. So, mm. you know, I was able to keep a beat and time. and all. Yeah. So I started playing drums. But not drums on a drum kit, drums on chairs and boxes. Wherever you can find. And then a little bit later on, I would have been 10 or 11, I started to go to drum lessons and yeah. my uncle, um, he gave me one of those oh, yeah, those rebound pads with some sticks, yeah, the, the rubber yeah, yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. And then I've got four uncles on my dad's side. So the youngest one's a musician as well, but my other uncle's a school teacher. He used to bring home a drum kit from the high school. Ah. So I started playing the drum kit. And, you know, I was okay doing a few gigs. And I think I did my first gig as a drummer when I was 13. Okay. And, with you know, just in the deep end, like yeah. swim kind yeah. of thing. But the bass thing happened in parallel with the nylon string guitar. So I've got oh, a okay. sister who's five years younger than me. And, you know, she started guitar lessons at primary school, bought the guitar and went for one lesson and then just left it somewhere. I picked it up. And then s the same uncle, I'd ask, you know, show me some things, you know, how he played some open chords, you know, whatever. I was just learning. And then one day, I was in year eight, 1988, at school, high school music class, um, picked up a bass and I just started playing. Like, because I already had some experience on the nylon string The structure of the, uh, of the fretboard. And I'll never forget, the song that was playing was this song called Rave On by John Cougar Mellencamp. Like, yeah. Pretty easy song. Yeah. But I was playing it like in time and clean. And my teacher at the time, lovely lady, uh, I think Sue Peard, her name was. And she's actually, I don't know, she's probably retired now. Yeah. I haven't kept contact. But at the time, she was a working... Bass player. She used to play double bass, electric bass, and she used to play in this band called Jabalani. They were like a touring band. I know Jabalani. Let's go watch them. Yeah, Jab Jabalani were really big. Yeah, they um, were big. They did like the support act for Nelson Mandela when he came to. Yeah, Melbourne. I know, I know. They used to um, they used to play at the Metro too, yeah. the Metro nightclub. <laughs> so, this, she she turned around. And she said to me, "So, oh, how long have you been playing bass?" I said, "About five minutes." <laughs> <laughs> and then she gave me the bit of bit of a pep talk and said, "Look." You're natural at this. You're getting a clean sound. You, you know, just you should continue. And I thought, yeah, why not? And then that year, for my birthday, my mum and dad and my uncle they went and got me like a cheap bass, like yeah. you know, three hundred dollar bass or something. Yeah, yeah. And I just started from and there. That was it. Yeah. And so our my family's like, I mean, overseas I've got a few like professional musician cousins, but over here. 
basically sort of amateurs. But, you know, weekends at my grandfather's involved, you know, drum machines, guitars, bass, <laughs> singing, drinking. You know, we yeah. used to do that right up until I was my late teens. Yeah. And, and we had like a family band that yeah. would do weddings yeah. and all this stuff. And it just, you know, Progressed took off from, from there. there. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like, um, I wasn't sort of coaxed into it. It's like I kind of ended up with a bass in my hand yeah. and I just kept going. Well, so. and, and that's, that's probably the best way to do it because yeah. it's, it's a natural progression. So you feel comfortable, yeah. you know? And I know you mentioned, you know, weddings and stuff like that. You you did do the wedding circuit for a bit with um, with a few different bands. A few different bands. In fact, I crossed like crossed ethnicities, if you like. So I was yep. doing like Turkish weddings. I was doing Greek weddings. I was doing corporate bands, um, mixed. You know, you name it. Yeah. I, I played. Sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds very familiar. Uh, I mean, there, there's a lot of crossover in that stuff. Yeah. Um, but again. Different time signatures, yeah. um, different regions, you know, like you, they come up with these beats like, you know, 13, 4, yeah, 9, I know, 4. I know, I mean, familiar with you, that you, too. You quickly figure it out, you know, when yeah. you're thrown in the deep end. And, and, and that's where you rely sometimes on your band members as well, yes, right? So absolutely. a drummer would be your go-to, right? Yeah, and in fact, I mean, I don't, I don't want to sort of like, for me, I don't openly say it, but... The make or break for me in a band is the drummer. Yep. So if I can't work with a drummer, you know, I just... But being a bass player. Kind of, you know, make, not make excuses, but I just sort of slide out of that situation and, and you yeah. know, and I've actually got a, a couple of dear friends that are, you know, lifelong friends that are drummers that I've, I work with and, you know, you sort of, just like in the corporate world, like... You know, the CEO takes their EA everywhere they go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You take your drummer with you. That's right. Yeah. But that happens a lot with drummers and bass players. It's it's Absolutely. not uncommon. Yeah. I know I know a few people that have their, their favourites, you know, their favourite drummer or their favourite bass player. And it, I think it goes hand in hand. Like the drums Absolutely. and the bass are the foundation of, of, of a band, you know, yeah. with a, a band of that sort of nature, you know. Absolutely. It's, it's actually, well, you know, it's all about that. When you look at the core of any... I won't say famous, but just any sort of working band that's Correct. solid, they usually have, you know, that's right, a good bass player and a good drummer. Yeah. yeah. So with, with, I suppose, your knowledge of the guitar and the drums prior helped you. Absolutely. Yeah. The particularly, just like yourself, how you said about really concentrating on flamenco. Mm. So when I was, you know, fourteen, fifteen. You know, the craziest thing in the world was being able to play slap bass, you know. And I had, you got to remember, this is like 1988, 89. There's no internet, you know, none of this stuff. So yeah, yeah. we had limited resources to get influences. But once you came across a name that you liked or whatever, you would try and find out everything about this person, who they worked, who they played for, yep. all of that. So for me, that was it. Like, I just wanted to be like, the best slap bass player I could possibly be, you know, I, I saved like probably for the first four or five years, all my gig money just to buy my beloved music man bass, which I didn't bring today. Yeah. But, and I don't know if the listeners know, but the music man stingray is like, you know, it's an industry standard bass yeah. that, you know, 
all of the funk and stuff, like Michael Jackson, yeah. every album's recorded with a music yeah. man. So this was a thing that I really wanted. But later on, and we'll get to the later stage, you know, <laughs> once I had some, you know, came to really trying to learn some proper things, I realized that actually playing slap bass was one of my weak points. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. got a lot to do with, you know, the way I think we all learned, um, basically self-taught at the start. So all you're doing is trying to reproduce what you hear and see. Yeah, but your interpretation sometimes is different. It's different, yeah. And, and you might you might get the same sound, but you, you arrive at that destination a different way, which yeah, is nothing wrong correct. with that. And, 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 that's, and, and, and that's a good thing that you brought up because it's, it's like that with a lot of um, instruments and a lot of techniques. Yeah. Like um, I, I know when I was starting... I started playing flamenco. I, I was doing one technique. Now I got to the yeah. same, I had the same outcomes, got, got to the same point, but then I figured out, oh, actually, actually I was shown to do something a bit easier. Yes. So you get there easier because when you're, when you're playing live yeah. and you're doing a certain technique, it's, it's hard when you're playing live to do things, right? Absolutely. And when you know a shortcut and you're easier, it's in the easier flows. Therefore you're playing with more confidence, you know? For sure. And, um, well, the other thing is too, like your journey, like I'm comparing it to say today, if someone's learning, like I've got a lot of friends who will, you know, they're younger and learning. Yeah. They'll watch YouTube videos. They'll yeah. download podcasts. They'll do all this yeah. kind of stuff, get instructional video. We yeah. didn't have any of that. No, so didn't. life was full of these eureka moments. Yeah. Like correct. You would. Like you'd spend two years trying to perfect this technique. You come up with, you think, oh, I invented this. But yeah, really, yeah, yeah. it's been around. It's just that it hasn't been exposed. That's right. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with that because um, because you work towards it and you achieve it yourself, you actually own it and, and it becomes so true. your subconscious. Yeah, it, you're, you're, it becomes part of you. Yeah, whereas I can show that to someone and sure, they'll pick it up, you know, a yep. couple of hours, a couple of days, whatever. But they won't own it yet. They'll yeah. have to keep playing and playing and they have to, you know, live that that journey as well. Yeah. And 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 that's and that's a good thing though. It's not you know, it's not anything to be discouraged no. by. It's it, it's it's a good thing because if you're owning something that even if it exists, you're owning it. That means to me it means that you're you're playing it more confidently. You're 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 actually playing it because and, and you know, when, when you're learning something, you don't go out and do it live until you got it down pat, oh, right? Absolutely. Until you own it. Absolutely. And and I'm 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 the sort of person that I'm self very self critical, and if I don't yes. have if, if if it's just a little bit out, I won't perform it yeah. until I get it right down. And as you say, owning it. But it's sometimes what I've noticed, and now in the latter stage of my life, in these sort of years, even if it's a not that perfect, I still go out and, and, and have a crack because you never know, you know, because until you go out there and, and play it live uh, and and mind you, the, you got all the butterflies and anxiety and everything like that of performing, but if you play it live once, you can actually um, re-evaluate of what you yeah. want. And even if you've done a little bit of a mistake, like you say, oh, okay, well, I've done a bit of a mistake. I'll, mistake right. there. I'll go out there and, 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 and do it. But when you're younger, you want to go out there and do it 100% without a mistake and you want to, Bang, bang on, you know? Yeah. And I think this is where the experience of, of a musician comes into into play. Like, when I was younger, you know, yeah. I would speak to people who, you know, who are, you know, my age now, you know, like mentors and other musicians and stuff like that. And I think, look, just go out there and play, you know? Yeah. 
Well, that's kind of, there's a parallel with, um, like, say, a studio version of a song Mm. and a live version. Yeah, correct. Studio version, most songs, I I prefer the live version because the studio is just too perfect. Yeah. You know, every little thing is, like, the right reverb and this. Yeah, the right mix. But we all know it doesn't matter. You know, you could go to the biggest concert in the world. They're not going to have achieve that sound yeah. live. Yeah. And live just has this other ambience about it. Yeah, yeah. it has a different soul. Yeah. It has a different and, soul. And it, and once you, as a player, feel that, yeah. you, you don't want to go to that studio world. You, you want to you experience that. Yeah. And, you know? And that's, I've, I've had this conversation a lot with, with musicians and now with, um, with technology and everything like that, everything is ready, everything is right there. One thing technology can't do is simulate live and if you're in a live, if you're in a room with a live band, that's something that I don't think, yeah. you know, can, no. can, can be simulated anywhere no, else. No, not, not yet anyway. Yeah, well, not, not until yet, the exactly. machines take over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. But um, going back to, I suppose, you know, your, 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 your bass playing and, and, and your approach to, to, to music and, uh, and, and what I wanted to sort of like know is your approach even to rehearsing at home. If you're, when you're playing... Yes. Bass players have got a bass, right? Like yeah. I've got a guitar, I can I can sort of yeah. make my through. But the bass play, the bass is a different beast, right? So, what's your approach when you're rehearsing at home? So, well, these days it's a lot different. But initially, when I when I started, it was I was well very reliant on my ear. Mm. So I would first of all try to figure out, okay, what's going on here? Because I did everything in reverse, so I never had lessons, never did any of that. Did all that later. Yeah. So. You know, right now, if you said to me, like, oh, this song's in a particular scale and particular, I already know the possibility of chords. But back then, it was just discovery yeah. and trying to find out, first of all, the, the tone, um, you know, where the tones are going, and then obviously trying to play along with time. So, what I used to do a lot is play along to the original song, yeah. first of all. But then I had a, a very good friend of mine. His name is Suat Osman. He's, um, He's four or five years older than me. And, you know, back then he was very young too. Like he would have been barely sort of 20 years old or or something. But he was doing one of these, you know, sort of jazz courses, you know, at the TAFEs. Yeah, yeah. So I was like around him, him, you know, (laughs) asking him, what's this, what's that, what's this? And one of the first things he showed me was how to write charts and also tablature because he didn't sight read or anything, but... Good so then I would, I'd have a, a crack at writing my own charts. And, you know, these simple songs, three-chord songs, whatever. Yeah. But it taught me, and because I had the drumming background, yeah. you know, I would know that, okay, on the third count yeah, of this the, bar, there's a chord change. The beats and stuff. You know, and I'd make a little note. Up. And then, you know, I'd go to a rehearsal and, oh, surprise, surprise. I know where the changes are mm. and, oh, they're going, oh, you learnt the song. Yes, I learnt the song. Yeah, like, yeah. And that's like a positive reinforcement because the next time I wouldn't show up if I hadn't, you know, without doing the work. So it's just ingrained, like, it's just a, a personal thing of mine that, as you know, like, mm. uh, if I am going to commit to doing something and it doesn't matter whether it's a wedding band, a concert, a, a live recording or a, a studio work, whatever it is, I like to prepare, yep. listen, come up with some ideas and take some notes. But, by the same token, I'm not one of these guys, as you know, to like 
on stage, I'll never sit down and like read off charts and stuff yeah. on a stage. You want to feel it. Yeah, you want to feel it. So when it comes to that level, then you commit it to memory. You yep. might have a few little cheat notes, but yep. you want to sort of give a, a performance as well. Correct. But what, yeah. and what I liked about you and what, what I still like about you is that you always do your homework. And when we do rehearsals, when we, yes. when we do rehearse, you're always prepared. That's how I am as well. So a word of advice, kids, always do your homework. Yes. It always pays off. Because sometimes, even even if we do some different things at a at a rehearsal, we're just assembling. So we know the, the, the fundamentals are there, like the structure's there or whatever. And we, we, we're, we're able to actually modify some things here and there. But if you don't come prepared... And everyone else, else yeah. is is prepared. Well, I think you're letting everyone else down. First of all, and second of all, you can't you can't develop. You can't go forward. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's worked in my favour of say the last decade, where I have performed for international artists. Yeah, and yes, not only you have. Like, yep. I've done a lot a lot of Turkish ones. Yeah. But one of the most interesting ones was I got a phone call, which my one of my mentors. Uh, famous bass player every pity's every pity he's yeah. been my mentor and teacher for the last 10 years yeah um he actually got a call up for this guy he was a, a persian iranian singer from america very famous apparently he sang for the shah back in the day okay. this guy named satar okay and he was going to tour australia they called him to play and he was already booked so he referred me and this was like one or two years into meeting him so yeah. that was like an honor for me mm. so all this like culture of preparation and things like that, Help. It's, it's helping me to play for these artists because, you know, the promoters, they're not that professional. You know, mm. what they'll do is they probably don't even um, arrange a rehearsal most of the time. They'll yeah. get you the program, yeah, but you have to do all the homework. Yeah. And because I don't sight read, I literally have to write my own charts, learn everything. Yeah. But this, this culture mentality has helped me over the years and – I'll get the call up because they know that I'm conscientious enough to yeah. like, just for my personal thing. You prepare yourself yeah. for it. Like I don't, I mean, I want to do a good job, but like for me, that would be the end of the world if, um, if I played the concert and I yeah. couldn't play to that standard. You, 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 yeah. you wouldn't be feeling great. That's for sure. Yeah. You know? So that's allowed me the opportunity to play with these people on very short notice and without, any rehearsal, yeah, which is like for me, that's one of my goals. Is like the end game, if you like, is I want to be able to play at any time for anybody, yeah. Which is a you know, I mean, it's not realistic, but it's like, but it's, it's a good a, mentality to have. It is a good mentality to have because, yeah. Um, and 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 when when we started playing together, you know, this band, and so I, I noticed that you were. Always listening, always knowing where and what and who's doing what and asking questions. So asking questions is a good thing. Absolutely. And there's like, well, again, yeah, I've met so many people in my life. Mm. And this is going out to the young musos. First of all, you've got to put the ego somewhere else yeah, on a definitely. different planet. Definitely. Because there is absolutely, if, once you say, oh, I know everything, that's the moment you stop learning. Yeah, exactly. So you need to um, ask questions. Even if you're accomplished, you always don't know something. And Correct. the other thing is like you need to – I answered this wrong the first time it was asked to me. So someone asked me, so what percentage 
of your time should you allocate to listening to other musicians while you're playing with them? And I said, you know, like most people would answer like 50% because you think, oh, I'm going to spend 50% of the time concentrating on myself. And that's wrong. The correct answer is 100%. 100%. Yeah, I know. So you should already in your subconscious know what you're doing, assuming yep. that. And 100% of the time, you should be listening to everyone else yep. because it's those spaces that you're looking for, especially as a bass player. You might get one little chance to put a little, like a little dot there, yeah. like a slide or some kind of embellishment because there's a lot of egos in that room, yeah. including quite often, you know, like the, the lead instrument might be the lead guitarist, the yep. clarinet player, the saxophone. Yep. These guys are at the front with the spotlight on them, yep. the singer. So it's very hard for you to even get the opportunity. You're always accompanying. Yeah. And that's why about 10 years ago, I, and I'm still at the very beginning of the journey, but about 10 years ago, I decided, look, I want to learn how to play jazz. Because yeah. you know? out of all the genres, Jazz is the most democratic in that way because everyone gets a solo, you know? Like That's you know, why <laughs> it goes around it's like passing around the bottle of whiskey. You and know? you're right, and you're right. Yeah. And you're right. And and and, and this is what we do, right? When now that we know we we we've played together, you know, a few things and one of the one of the things that I, I love is being a guitarist is accompanying someone else yeah. doing a solo or something, you know? Whether it doesn't matter what instrument or, or even a vocalist, right? Yeah. Um, because you get to hear the character. You get to hear something, you know. Because sometimes I'm I'm playing and I'm I'm playing even if if I'm playing solo pieces. So I'll play and sometimes I get sick of hearing myself. I want to hear someone yeah. else. I want to I want to I'm that sort of a person you who know, bounce off and you know even even if it's improv. Like yeah. I, I played with this band um, Savoy. You know, it's a Latin jazz Latin sort of band and 80 percent of the the music was improv and i loved it because you get to listen to 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 these people's characters and and every time is a different you know it's a different interpretation or Absolutely. something else happens something some other magic happens and and as you know as you, you know like with 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 me as well it's you know i i like to sort of like start off someone going into into an improv i like to you know instigate it you know so and and it's always it's always good to, to listen to that because there's a challenge of accompanying that as well yeah you know and being a bass player you're always accompanying and you you, you know I, I can see when you're playing you you want to you want to you're always experimenting always want to push push the band. and in some bands you don't have that opportunity no you don't you know and in fact <clears throat> well again it's still uh, I'm on on the journey, but one of the like a personal achievement of mine is over the last five years, I've I've really expanded my knowledge of harmony, mm. and that allows you, to you know, to sometimes your, follow you, people. You get flexible, yeah, and because you play with some great players, and they go off on these like <laughs> to another planet sometimes, yeah. and they come back, yeah. and it's all like sounds wonderful, but. Yeah. If you don't have a knowledge of harmony and an understanding, more importantly, um, you, you just can't do it. But to do all that stuff, you need to – there's a lot of things that you need to do, but one of them is obviously listen a lot. Yeah. And um, Listening yeah, is first and the foremost. Key. the key. And, and look, I, th I think sometimes – look, we all get into the state where 
we go into these little worlds or, or we're playing or something like that and we forget to listen sometimes, you know. As musicians, we forget to listen, but you, you need to quickly step out of that buzz and start listening because, you know, and now I'm on, I'm, I'm, I'm on monitoring 100%, you know. It's like always listening, always, you know. And if not only that, but if someone makes a mistake or someone is, is having a bit of a difficulty, you need to cover for them. Yeah, so you have to be on, on the ball too to see what, the recovery, you know, absolutely. So, and, and this, and this is a, it's, it's an art. That recovery is an art, you know. Not, not everyone can do it, um, and not, not. Every, I mean, I should rephrase. It. Everyone can do it, but not everyone can do it to a certain level where it's the public sort of can't, seamless can't know. Or, yeah, seamless, yeah. you know. So, and that's that's again, it depends on the level of the of the musician. You know, you'll get your pros where, you know, um, they'll do it off the bat. And then you get your, you know, pros that are watching a chart and they're not listening to anyone else. And I've I've had that happen as well, where they're just going on the chart, chart, chart. Great musician, just chart, 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 chart. And then all of a sudden, the 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 piece of music falls off, and that's it. They start playing. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not about that. It's about you know being, you know, open to interpretation of other people as well, because. Music is very unpredictable at times, you know. Can be, and yeah, obviously with live, there's other things. You know, things go wrong, um, and you, yeah. you you learn over time. You but do. I, I just I go by the philosophy or principle of just assume the worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah. and you, you learn. Like I, I mean, I did a gig one time. It's very rare for a bass string to snap, and my string snapped, and I didn't have a spare string. Mm. So I played with three strings at the time. I did the gig, but that was a lesson. Now, you know, I've got everything. I've got Allen keys, spare yeah. strings, you know. Actually, that's a that's a good thing that you yeah. bring up. Like, always be prepared. Absolutely. You know? always Contingency. Be, and and bring a duplicate of everything if you can, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm not talking about amps and stuff like that, but little things like, you know, spare set of strings or another jack is just in case one jack doesn't work or another microphone just in case, you know. I mean, look, sometimes we get spoiled. We go to these, you know, venues where everything's there, yeah. you know. But well, one you of can't the things I, I learned, again, from every Petey's, like, you'd think, like, a world-renowned bass player, right? Yeah. Go to first lesson. <clears throat> first thing he asked me, like, just simple things like, okay, so where do you practice? Where, where do you, you know? Yeah. How do you sit? Yeah. Or what do you listen to? How do you do it? Like... Once I break down, again, just learning procedure, how am I doing them? Is yeah. it effective? And quickly figured out, you know, that you have to be comfortable. You have to release all your tension, you know, and you practice on it at a regular sort of intervals. And, Correct. You know, different things, not just your favorite things, but hard things. That's and, right. You know, pushing boundaries. And also on that. Yeah. Arriving to a gig early yeah. is very important. Well, and then the, the second know? lesson was about the attitude. <laughs> so he's saying, look, you can be the best bass player in the world, but if you're unreliable, you got bad equipment, yeah. and, and you've got an ego, and you're yeah. this, and attitude prop, no one's going to call you, right? You're They're going to call at home. the other guy that does all this stuff. That's right. So it doesn't matter if you're going to a cafe gig, a wedding, a concert, famous singer, same principle. Yeah. Arrive early, be prepared, be humble, courteous, the lot, you know. And sure, you're gonna you're gonna come across, you know, characters that of course you, you probably you do. think 
I don't want to be in do. the same room as this person. Mm. But think of how many people every day get up, they go to work and they hate their boss, right? But they still go to work, yeah? And you've got to view it like that as a job. And maybe, you know, you, you want the promotion, you want to go to another level, that's up to you. But at the moment, this is what you've got. And if you do tick all those boxes, they can make up stuff about you, but no one's going to believe it. Yeah. Right? Because at the end of the day, if you can prove yourself as a reliable... As a professional. Professional attitude, professional... You're going to get callbacks. Yeah, for sure. And this is this is the way it works. And and it's very... Um, you want to be the person where you're, you know, you're always, re- you know, people can rely on you, you know, um, if, if, not only for, for, for playing your instrument, but for being there, Absolutely. being at rehearsals on time, being at the gigs on time, having your equipment, as you said before, you know, these things are, all, are always a, a tick and a plus. They're all, all positive things, you know, yeah. and, and I think people tend to, and as you said before, people with ego, they think, oh, they're going to call me because no one else can do the job. No, no, no. It's There's always like someone that. else. There's always someone else, yeah. right? The other, the, the other thing is that you know when when you start doing that and you get you get a a, a good rapport going with you know good relationship going with with musicians and um, even venue owners as well, you know because um, and especially audio guys, you know. Absolutely. When you got a good relationship with audio guys, you know that they're going to be looking after you. You always have to have that outlook of being professional, being there, being you know, being courteous, as you said, because no one wants an asshole, right? Absolutely. And and this is generally speaking, not even in music. This is just yeah, generally absolutely. speaking, right? In ge- just in general, yeah. yeah. And I think this is where <clears throat> I, I I get along with those sort of people because we think on the same level, and and I mean. When you, especially when when you're a working musician, you're going from rehearsal to rehearsal, rehearsal to rehearsal, and you're getting a lot of you know a, a lot of work, and you need to do a lot of homework, and other people are relying on you as well in the rehearsal. So it's important that you're there on time. You know what you're doing. You've got your 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 charts. You got everything, and 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 I think everyone's very 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 right here because it makes you feel more comfortable as well. Because I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm ready for this rehearsal, or I'm ready for this gig. If you're not ready, you, you, it'll show in your playing. That radiates on stage. It does. Yeah. It does. It does so much. Yeah. And and look, sometimes it, it happens. You know, we're, we're not robots. It happens where you know sometimes you know things happen and you're not able to prepare or you know. But I think if you if you you, you set the expectation well from the start, and and I think that that is just something that happens every now and then. I think I think that's 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 fine, you know. In, it's not in your character to do it all the time, but some people just just do it all the time, yeah. and I think uh, it, they, they can't do it without me. So you know, absolutely, and it yeah, it, it just you know, it's like when you just in any trade really. Like yeah. If you hear their name and then go, oh, but that guy, you know, you don't want to be that. You guy. don't want to be that guy yeah. or that girl, whatever, yeah. you know. But look, at, at at the end of the day, we all want to play music, right? We don't want to play to the best of our ability and play as much as possible. And being being professional is going to give you that added the added feature of what you are. You know, being I say, oh yeah, he's very professional. You know, I I played with him or her. You know, or, or this band. You know, they're very professional. They came in on time. You know, they they didn't you know didn't hassle anyone or you know they, they were all you know pretty good and. You'll get that gig again. You'll you'll get another gig, or you'll get the Absolutely. opportunity to play again. You know, I think I think that goes a long way. 
Um, so with, I, I suppose with with the bass and everything like that, and you going into different genres, what would be your, I'll say your. Not, I'll say your your flavor of the month at the moment, your favorite genre at the moment. Well, I know funny, I know you you're yeah. you're a lot into the funk and stuff like yeah. that, but but funny you say that. No, definitely flavor of the month. Flavor you know? of the month is it's got to be the Latin stuff. Yeah, it's got to be. And um, I mean, I I jump my knowledge of say you know flamenco or Latin jazz or few. It's still limited, but. All I know is there's something in there that wants to and needs to come out. Yep. It's happening. But um, I jump from continent to continent. Like I'll be listening to something from Spain and then switch to like Colombian, then Brazilian. Yeah. And I'm starting to pick up on the nuances, mm. but it's definitely a, an area that I'm very interested in. And it, it's got a lot to do with my fretless playing. Okay. And just going back to what we were talking about, like... Even though I've been playing, what, 30, 34 years I've been playing, but I can't believe I said that, 34 years. But it's only the last, I think I bought this fretless bass seven or eight years ago, but I didn't perform live with it for the first three or four years. Mm. Because it's like um, you're driving a car all your life and then you switch to a jumbo jet. Like, yeah. it's a different world. And I didn't have... Like, not the confidence, but I just did not feel ready to perform live with it until mm. I spent a lot of time because the number of embellishments that are involved on a fretless is probably 10 times more than yeah. on a fretted instrument. But the weird thing is, you can, aside from slapping and popping on the fret, you can make a fretless bass sound like a fretted, but you can't do... The opposite. On, on so the, yeah, the, it sky's the limit with a fretless bass. But yeah. I just felt that I had to absorb it, learn, you know. And I'm still learning. But you know, even the intonation, like the the slightest movement, and you're you're, you're out of tune. You're flat. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. It's a different platform. It's like yeah. a different platform. Yeah. So that allowed me to then I idolized. I didn't even know the names of these bands. Like for example, Katama. I used yeah. to listen to Katama in the 1990s. Yeah. Like on a like a Latin jazz radio program yeah, so yeah. on um one oh six point six. I don't know <laughs> yes. who they were. All yeah. I knew was you felt something. crazy and how good is the bass player? And yeah. how and, and this is all um it's influenced me without realizing. But um definitely at the moment, even though I do a lot of other things, it's the most fascinating for me. And then obviously I met you and then I've met like a few other musos even like for example, Raj. Yeah. Uh, when you're playing with a great percussionist or yeah. a drummer that knows this stuff, yeah, then it makes you want to play even more. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, definitely at the moment yeah. it's the that's Latin the stuff. Of the month. Yeah. Well, look, it's it's um it, it's a journey. It's definitely a journey. Yes. Um, and now, and now obviously we've got a different project. Um, that we've involved yeah. ourselves in. Um, we'll just put it out there. It's a bit of a flamenco pop. Yes project which is um a four piece um and i think we're delving into uncharted waters as yeah. well um yeah. there are some, some it, challenges I mean, but i'm sure like nothing's ever not been done but well they're uncharted for us anyway yeah for us but um 
Melbourne in particular, I don't think anyone's really doing that kind of stuff that we're attempting yeah. to to do. So and it's going to be interesting. We'll let you know when that's all yes. done and when it's when we're ready to to to, yeah. to do it. A few surprises along yeah, the way. Yeah, a few surprises. Um, yeah. And 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 look, we have Raju Sharma on on percussion, and we have Dylan, who's a top notch, you know, yes. singer. So um, hopefully, something comes out of it, and we do some really cool things and and everything like that. But um, I think we'll just, you know, take it by as as it comes, and we'll just, you know, feel our way through for the for the start, and then you know prepare, you know, and Absolutely. and just and, and just play music, I suppose. And I think it's it's a different concept to pop and to flamenco because we're sort of like trying to have the two worlds meet, right? But I think um, we've got the capabilities there. You know? Yes, and and also the. Trying to find the right words to put it, but the it's going to have a, a flavour that's yeah. like a little bit unique as well. Yeah, because the the members like some are classically trained, others got jazz influence, flamenco. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of influences there. There are. You got to unify them. Yes. We, well, we got to unify them anyway. So but it's um, like look, MMA for music, basically. <laughs> <laughs> MMA for music. I like that one. I like that one. Um, look, Arif, thank you very much for um, being part of the podcast. And oh. um, look, you know, I'm looking forward to doing more projects with you. And it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, Vale. And um, yeah, my, my pleasure. I'm honoured to be here tonight. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you, man. It's been my pleasure. We'll have a bit of a drink. Yes. And um, just a quick shout out to, um, to Yesteryear. To Yesteryear for the fantastic venue here. And the cakes from Cake Eclipse. And... Um, We'll stay tuned for a bit of a jam. Hope you enjoyed the Strike Accord podcast. Be sure to visit valentinoflamenco.com to access more podcast episodes, news, and other projects that I'm currently working on. Thanks for listening and watching.